Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez, and I'm Tim Flaherty, the Christian talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truths of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. Welcome back to another week with Beyond the Walls. I'm Tim Flaherty, your co-host with Pastor Israel Rodriguez. How are you doing, Pastor? Hey, muy buenos días, team. We're doing pretty good in this uh, hot weather that makes me feel like back at home. Well, your home now is in the great city of Caldwell, which is awesome because today we have with us, actually for the next three weeks, uh, we're going to be having with us a guest from the city, the favorite son if you will, of Caldwell. That's what I like to call him. <laughs> City Councilman John McGee is with us today. We all know him as John, and we've been friends for a long time, and our families do life together, and we go to church together, and we're going to talk about John's life and the ups and downs and what he's doing now, and it's going to be three weeks of getting to know John and where he grew up and his family and his whole journey. So as you all know, my thing that I like to do at the beginning of every episode is I like to have a question of the week. And so this week, Pastor, for you, and John, if you, I'm, I'm, I know your kids a little bit, and so I know that they're really good and they don't need a lot of discipline. But if you want to answer this question, you can. So my question is, Pastor, how does someone with children, how do they, how do they decide what's biblical in terms of when you discipline your children? How do you decide to discipline your children? Yes, I think the fact that they are good kids is because they receive discipline, you know, and discipline according to scriptures is loving, caring, protecting, setting limitations, talk about uh, consequences for their wrongdoing, you know, spend the time to hear them out, you know, give them attention, uh, talk to them, catch them when they're doing good and all these kind of things, you know, know when not to respond and all this set of things. But uh, it's for the well-being. The Bible talks about that father that loves his child, disciplines them in love, you know, and, and, and is prepared for trouble always. And we want the best for them. We, will, we wouldn't want them to make the mistakes that we, we made in the past. And uh, such, is, such is a love God for us. And uh, the way how I choose to discipline her is by letting her know that uh, she broke the law. You know, the consequences, something that uh, mom and I talked about with her. And we're just trying to restrain her from the things that she loves doing, such as uh, going to the YMCA for swimming or watching TV or hanging out with her friends around the corner to play soccer or any other things that she loves doing. In fact, I remember the last time we talked about this and uh, she did something that wasn't pleasant for mom and, and, and dad and we had to discipline her. We, we just removed her uh, from watching TV, you know, one hour of TV per day. She, she said, I would prefer you to make me go through hunger rather than you taking the remote from me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how painful it was for her, you know, John. Yeah. So, John, tell us about you and, and Hannah. I know, uh, like I said, we, we do a lot of life together, your family, our families. How do you discipline your kids? I mean, I've seen it in action, and it's never... It's not ready for, for television, but what do you, what's the, maybe even answer this. What's the funniest thing that you've ever had to discipline them for? Well, the, the story that comes to mind 
immediately is and and again we don't we don't have to discipline them a lot they are good kids but like any kids they cause trouble we had just flown from boise to minneapolis and we had both kids madeline was probably four or five years old and we took them to a restaurant at the mall of america in minnesota called the rainforest cafe and i don't know if you've ever been there before but it's it's theme based and they're animals you know walking back and forth and every few minutes it actually rains in the restaurant and so we thought that would be pretty cool but madeline just kept throwing a fit throwing a fit about everything her food the weight the the whole bit and i'm sure she was exhausted from flying but it is so i i took her into the restroom and had a little talking to her but it's one of the it's it's one of the few times where we you know that we just had to set the moment and tell them what they did wrong and tell them what the consequences was. I think uh, Israel's exactly right. You have to, you have to let them know what they did wrong, right? It's kind of like we used to have hunting dogs and we, you know, the way you train the dog is you, you you tell them no, or you, you twist their ear a little bit and tell them no. And if they don't know what they did wrong, punishing them makes no sense. Right. And it's not dissimilar with the kids. They have to understand what they did, why it's bad, and not to do it again. And I think it's got to be pretty consistent as well. The interesting thing for me is we have a boy and a girl. And I think there are big differences on the way that you punish them. For example, with Madeline, our daughter, all you have to do is look at her and she's punished because she knows she did something bad. She feels horrible. Whereas Max, you have to be a little bit more assertive with him because he kind of has a, yeah, what are you going to do about it mentality? <laughs> and so for us, learning the, the difference between the two kids and disciplining them has been uh, been something we'd have to really focus on. Awesome. With that, we will be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. Looking for a place to worship and connect in the Caldwell area? Come and join us at Deer Flat Church. We offer two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., providing flexibility to fit your schedule. Our services are filled with uplifting music, inspiring messages, and a warm, welcoming atmosphere. We believe that everyone is welcome, no matter where you are in your faith journey. Come see for yourself and experience the joy and fellowship of our community. Visit DeerFlat.org to learn more about our services and events. We look forward to seeing you there. And we're back. And again, I just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, the Estegos.org Community Warehouse. If you are a church pastor out there or if you're a congregant, please ask your pastor if they are signed up to the Community Warehouse. We have so many things in the in the warehouse that can help with your ministry and your mission and just really stretching those budget dollars. So, John, we're back. And, you know, this next three weeks, I'm excited to hear a little bit about and have you share a little bit about your life. And I want to start from the beginning. So John McGee was, was born in Nampa, Idaho. Called, That's right. It's called actually Nampa. In Nampa. 
almost almost a Caldwell. We were born, um, I have two younger brothers, and we were born in the exact same hospital, in the exact same hospital room. My mom, at the time, worked for a physician over in Nampa. And so that's where we, even though we lived in Caldwell, that's where we were born, at the old Mercy Medical Center. Okay. Yeah. And then you lived, uh, your dad was in the Guard, right? He was in the Air National Guard? Yeah, my dad um, was a Vietnam combat helicopter pilot. So he was in the, he was in the National Guard. He, uh, we didn't ever have to move because he was just in the Guard and then in the helicopters were based out of Gowan Field in Boise. He owned a business, owned McGee Air Conditioning and Heating and sponsored a lot of sports teams and was in a lot of civic clubs and uh, was uh, very well known for, for public service in, in the city of Caldwell. And my mom uh, stayed with us when we were young, and then we went to a babysitter when she went to go work for my dad at the company. So they were very invested in that company and in the community for many years. And did you ever work for your dad? I did. Yeah? Yeah, I did uh, sheet metal work. I would go into the into the sheet metal shop, and he had a guy that would design everything and cut it, and I would glue insulation on it and pin it and, and do things like that, so rivet and do put everything together all and the have, grunt work oh my god yeah, yeah I, that's that's uh takes me back to i remember being just a young buck and having to do those jobs that were so difficult at the time but you, i look back now and i wish that was my that was the only thing i had to deal with the worst job i ever had was easily it was this year before i went to college and i worked at a horse trailer factory and they would bring the it was be there it was a hundred degrees outside, and they would bring these horse trailers in from outside, and I would have to go through and scrape and sand all of the weld marks off of these trailers that were just baking in heat it was it was miserable John what was your your childhood like? you know we're talking about disciplined kids you know what was the when was the first time in your childhood you know after you tell us a little bit about you that you got disciplined well i had a you know i had a good childhood i really did i had two loving parents and two brothers that i could spend time with we we spent our time you know playing wiffle ball or playing football outside we were always running around playing playing sports and my parents they were always pretty fair about things, right? Um, I can remember one time, I, I can't even remember what the issue was, but I told my mom I was going to run away and I put my stuff in my bag and I walked about two blocks and I don't even think she, I don't even think she checked. I uh, just turned right back around and walked home. You know, we, we were really blessed to have my dad, Tom, and my mom, Judy, um, were always fair and and um, measured in um, disciplining us and so that that's we we really lived in a quite a simple peaceful childhood your brothers now your one brother he's a financial advisor right Mm -hmm. and your other brother what does he do he um, works in construction they just moved back from portland to um, post falls where his wife's family lives the North Idaho connection. Yes. Yeah, I thought you'd like that too. <laughs> well, and he, if you listen to the show, you know I grew up in North Idaho, and of course that's where my heart is. I hope someday I can afford to live there. But as as you know, 
John, growing up as a young man in the 80s, you know, you and your brothers, did you guys hunt? Did What were your hobbies? What was your favorite thing to do? Yeah, well, my play, my favorite thing to do is play sports, right? We played sports all year round, basketball, soccer, football, baseball. We just, we played sports, which meant my parents were constantly driving us around to practices and games. And since there were three of us, they'd often have to go different places. I can remember in high school, playing sports um we played we went to valley view high school and we were in the old srv and so you'd have games sometimes in weezer and then the other kid would be playing in cuna right so they'd be you know an hour away from each other and so playing sports was really my hobby we did do some hunting we had hunting dogs as i mentioned earlier so we did some pheasant hunting i was even back then i was involved with politics i would volunteer on campaigns I can remember going door to door and putting out literature and making phone calls for, you know, dialing for dollars, as we used to call it. I did that for Dirk Kempthorne. So sports and politics were the things that I enjoyed the most, I think. Yeah, I I think about myself growing up and, you know, we just have a few seconds left here before we come to a close for the segment. But just really the thing that I, I think I cherish the most was those those days on the baseball field just as the sun was setting and it was hot out and all your friends were around you and you just, you know, win or lose. Of course, we'd love to win. We're competitors. We love to, to get that trophy. But, you know, back then, even if you lost, just being there together and having such a fantastic time as a young man. And that, I think, does a lot for your development. And we'll be right back. Hey, this is Pastor Dave McGuire from Deer Flat Church. If you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 1045, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at dearflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church, the perfect church for imperfect people. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to the Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. And we're back, and we're here with Councilman John McGee from the city of Caldwell. And again, he's a longtime friend of, of myself, my family. Uh, Pastor Israel has known him for over a decade. We've been doing a lot of life together, watched his kids growing up. He's Uncle John to my nieces and nephews as well, and been on mission trips uh, with my brother and his family. And But today, we're getting a chance to hear a little bit about his youth and his childhood and And we're talking about right now this time in your life where you start to become a young man, you're you're in high school at Valley View, and you go off to college, and you decided at first to play football. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I really wanted to play football in college, and I was, you know, I I wasn't good enough to play at Boise State or U of I or someplace like that, but I was apparently good enough to play at the NAIA level, and and so Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon, was going to give me a chance to play both sports. I went um, went to Pacific for two semesters. I played football there. 
it was it was actually a not a good experience we were horrible we went 0 and 9 we lost one game 77 to 14 and then to top all that off we had a, a tragedy on the team one of our players during a game got knocked into a coma and he never recovered from it he ended up passing away from that coma several months later his name was eric ross and he was just a super guy and it was pacific dropped the football program because it was obviously struggling and this was kind of the icing on the cake and then i went back to uh to college of idaho where i played baseball and then you graduated there Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about your time at college of idaho i mean you know the work that the church does that the work that we do beyond the walls with the young men and the young women that are there now but what was it like in the 90s going to college at c of i and and was it albertson's college then or was it that great question it had changed right as i came back from pacific so when i was at pacific it, it went from college of idaho to albertson college and then later on, when I was on the board of trustees, I, I helped change it back from Albertson College to the College of Idaho. Yeah, I, I, I went there. It was a great place. We, we certainly appreciate all the work that Estegos does out there to, to help those international students. It was not quite as international back then as it was now. It was a great place to learn. Student-faculty ratio is very small, so you get to know your professors that's, I think I really got interested in politics there. I was the president of the Young Republicans, and then I ran for one student body president. And so I've always had College of Idaho in my heart. That's where my dad went. He, um, after he got back from Vietnam, he got his degree in business from the College of Idaho. And we grew up going to those basketball games, right? Every Friday and Saturday, the McGees were watching College of Idaho play basketball. And so we've, which it's, it's kind of that way now. I take my kids now to the College of Idaho basketball games, and they know all the players, and they know the athletic director. And it's just, uh, I think the college is a special place, and I'm really proud to be a part of what they do. When we've even tailgated there, I mean, we love those football tailgates. You know, speaking about bringing football back, last few years, the College of Idaho has reintroduced their football team and they've been doing pretty spectacular and to get a chance to like it, it it is a small school. So you get to, you get to meet the athletes and you get to, you get to be a part of the community more than so like when I went to Boise state, you didn't get to meet any of those guys. I mean, maybe you'd have a class or two with one or two of them uh, or you'd see them around, but really with the college of Idaho, I mean, you get really to a chance to meet them and, and know them a little bit. And it's, that's a, blast yeah we we love it um we've had we've had some of the student athletes over for dinner they've come and been been volunteer coaches for things that we've coached we had some football players help coach max and we had some soccer players coach maddie and so it's it's just a, a great relationship that they have with the community well john you know on this transition of life from childhood to your teen years to your youth you know Tell us about your testimony. How how did you meet the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, thanks for asking that. You know, it's um, I I gave my life to Christ uh, when I was at church camp, and I remember sitting there at the fire, and my cabin counselor was there. He used to be a writer for the Press Tribune, and we were just sitting there talking just like you know just like everybody who does at the church camp and he asked me 
you know, if I had, uh, I'd, had I given my life to Christ and I said I hadn't, he said, why don't you do it right now? And I, you know, I felt really nervous about that. I felt it was a big step, but I thought about it for a few minutes. I said, you know, I, I think I will do that. And so I did. And so that's every year we, we go up with Martin's family and, and many families to go clean up the church camp. Every Memorial Day, we go rake leaves and, and pine needles and help clean it up. And I think one of the reasons why our family is so committed to that is because of the effect that it had on me and the effect that it's had on, on my children. They love church camp. And I think it's been, Camp Cascade has been a real factor in their spiritual development. And I'll, I'll never forget that night. I, it, was at the, it wasn't at Camp Cascade because Deer Flat didn't know it at the point, but there's a, a camp right across the street from McCall High School. And it was at a fire, just as I mentioned, it was at a fire there. And that's, that's when I gave my heart to the Lord. Well, I just, I just, I just love the fact that churches and different donors investing in church camps for kids. Because those are life-changing for many of those kids out there. And uh, as Zero Flat Church and as Vegas, you know, we're always trying to invest on these people, on these communities, and every effort that we can put together for this end, we will do. And we thank God for allowing us to do that, Tim. Well, I think that we, to, I think that's the first time I've ever heard that story from you. I mean, it's, I think it's so personal sometimes for us to, and, and to hear that testimony really made me, I guess, think back to my own childhood when I, when I realized that Jesus was the way and the truth and the life, right? And I think we, we all have some moment in time where as believers, you say, Either I've seen too much, or you know, I the the miracles have been undeniable, or you know, it's sadly for some people, you know, the smack upside the head happens, and they 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 say, okay, that what I've been doing hasn't been working, and people have been telling about this guy Jesus, and so maybe I should look into that. But for me, I think it was really very, you know, not a similar moment, but I think I remember being in in the pew at church and my youth minister was preaching and I just felt this explosion of knowledge. And I, this is, this is it, you know, that it has to be true. Then a few weeks later I was baptized and that was for me, one of the, I would say really the most special times in my life because I was a teenager and you're going through so much. And then you have this faith that can wrap around it, you know, your whole life and really provide you with so much peace. And with that, we'll be right back. Estegos is powered by the faithful donations from people like you. Their mission is to help everyone in the Treasure Valley through their community warehouse, housing programs, and the Boise Food Bank. They believe all human beings should be respected and loved. Each person is special and deserves to live their life to the fullest. If you want to donate to Estegos, go to their website, estegos.org, and click on the yellow Donate button at the top of the page. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot org, and click on the Donate button. Deer Flat Church is a place for everyone. It is a church where you can be accepted as you are, experience an amazing depth of grace, and heal your hurts. It is the perfect place for imperfect people. Come and check out their services, both in person and online. They meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. for a traditional service and 1045 for a more contemporary service. Deer Flat Church is located at 17703 Beat Road in Caldwell 
and online at deerflat.org. Come and join the fellowship. And we're back again here with Councilman John McGee. And I just can't thank you enough for being here this week. And and next week, you're going to be back, and we're going to be talking about you going off to to Washington, D.C. to work after college, and then your trip back here to Idaho when the governor, uh, when Senator, then Senator Kemp Thorne became then Governor Kemp Thorne. And I really can't wait to hear just all of those, you know, your perspective on all those important issues in those late 90s and early 2000s that so many of us lived through. And so I'm excited to, to get to get there with you. Pastor? We're ready to pray, brother. So, dear Lord Jesus, God, we come before you today with a humble heart, acknowledging our need of you. We thank you for your never-ending patience, despite of our so many flaws and fumbles. Lord, we, we ask that you may guide us as we seek to live out your will in our lives, and that we may receive, receive this discipline of your perfect unfailing love with a great attitude and with a great heart. Give us a good rest of our weekend today. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. We'll be back.